Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Buffs on Podcast. We are the best POD in the 313. Uh, we got some interesting topics for you guys today. We're going to talk about um, everyone's favorite trades. We're going to discuss uh, who we think is most likely and least likely to leave the roster at, uh, next month. And we're also going to talk about uh, the draft, because as a tanking team, that is pretty much all we can talk about. So we're not going to uh, delay too much here. Let's start talking about some trades here. So this week it was reported that uh, Charlotte, I mean, um, Miami is reaching out to both Charlotte and Detroit looking to make a deal. And the guy they kind of have in mind right now is Sadiq Bay. So what is your um, most, do you think Sadiq Bay will be traded? Uh, I'll, I'll go first because uh, I always put it on one of you guys first. So I'll go first. I've been pretty critical of Sadiq Bay on the pod. Um, I mean, rightfully so, I guess. But at the same time, I've kind of been giving him this, the treatment that I hate when other people give it. So I'm kind of being a hypocrite and I didn't appreciate myself for that. So I'm going to say I didn't give Sadiq Bay enough time to um, prove himself to me. And I jumped on him because he was per- performing poor- poorly. So I would not like to trade Sadiq Bay, but. Um, I would say of the main guys that we could trade, we'll touch on the list in a second, but of all these guys, I would put him around third or fourth to be moved. I'd say fourth. I'm going to say fourth. Um, but we'll start with that. Uh, we'll start with, uh, Connie, then Gabe, then Valley. Uh, would you want to move to Deke Bay? And is there anything from Miami that you would be interested in? I mean, off rip, Sadiq, just based on vibes, is a, seems like a Miami Heat player. Like, if you tell mm-hmm. me you see Sadiq Bay in, in a Heat uniform. 100%. Him about 100%. Yeah. Maybe they kick his ass on defense. But we'll see. Um, as far as what they have, uh, you know, they're trying to get off of, um, off of Duncan Robinson, who they gave that huge contract to that's kind of a dud. Uh, all I really want from the Heat are their draft picks, I guess. Um, even though the Heat kind of always stay pretty solid, they never really bottom out, so I don't know where those draft picks would be. But if you could score some picks that are maybe like you time it out with the end of Butler's contract or like when Butler would start, you think, age out of like really making them uh, a contender. But even without that, I don't think Miami Heat draft picks – would ever be that good so I don't really know what we want from them yeah. yeah I'm right there with you I don't really want anything from Miami uh, other than Jovic but I don't other know than, I don't think they'd be willing to give him up yeah because. probably not not at this point um and I do we really want a Duncan Robinson no no I, I didn't think so uh Gabe uh your thoughts on trading Sadiq Bay are you for it are you against it are you indifferent I am against it mainly because right now he's pretty much at his lowest value. We touched on this last pod, I think. You know, I don't think we're going to get a haul for Sadiq if we do trade him. I think the best player we could possibly get is him in like a few years. I really think with him coming into his uh, new contract next year, I think Troy is going to find a way to make that a team friendly contract nothing crazy i don't think there's a huge 
bidding war for him because he like he doesn't shoot well really, <laughs> even though he he should. And he doesn't really play D, but like even saying that, I love Bay. I think he's with Stewart, like the heart and soul of like work hard, let's grind and let's get to work in the gym, in the weight room. And I think, you know, I would rather have him than, I don't know, a late first and Jovic from Miami. Now, if Michael Jordan has a pressure to win and he wants to give a first-round pick from Charlotte, I'd be listening. <laughs> yeah, That's a good point. Take Charlotte would first round. That would, you got to – the Hornets staffers would have to, like, revolt if, if they traded a first for City. <laughs> That's 100% of a fact. Uh, Valley, your thoughts on trading Philippe? Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as all you guys. Um, I, I'd, I'd rather keep the core together. He, he seems to be an important piece of our identity. Um, like Gabe said, that Detroit grit and grind. Him, him and Stu, a few other guys, really resemble that. And if I would move him, um, definitely not to Miami. Um, like, this is all stuff you guys have touched on. Definitely not to Miami. Just because their assets, they don't have a lot of assets. Um, you know, you'll take Jovic, I guess. But uh, I don't think it's worth disgruntling um our core here together and Sadiq is he's been here since the start he, he's by a few minutes our, our longest almost our longest tenured player so no reason to break it up for me fair enough uh all right so I jumped into it a little bit too much so I'm gonna run down the list here of guys I sent to you and let's talk about um the likeliness that they are traded by next month's trade deadline so uh you guys want to go uh scale at a one to five one to ten uh, yeah, one to five. Yeah, I was thinking one to five. All right. Uh, Hamadou Diallo. Uh, we'll start with uh, Gabe. I'm going to say two and a half. And if you asked me this Come two on, weeks man. ago, I would have said a five. Really? Yeah, I can I, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Connie, you disagreed right away. So what we No, I disagree with the use of the scale. We brought out a five point scale and not a ten point scale. So you know you get grosser images of this guy gets a two. You could have just moved with a ten point scale. You want to move it to a ten then? Should we move it to a ten? No, go just you gotta use whole numbers. I, I give him a two then. Okay. Want, I agree with that. I, I feel like we, at this point, I don't want to trade him. You guys say that you were t- saying that Stu and Sadiq were the heart of the, this man comes out and like recently since he's gotten back into the rotation, plays his ass off every single night. And this yeah. past week has been really good for him. I wouldn't want to trade him. Just I wouldn't either. I'm, I'm going to go two, but just because, you know, anything can happen, but I don't want to trade him. You just need guys that play hard. Even if it's just like for infection of other guys, you just need guys that play hard. Yeah, uh, Valley, you're you out of five on Diallo. Um, I I think I I'm around a two as well, maybe like a lighter two. Um, but I think I I owe Hamid an apology, and I'm I'm pretty close to filling out one of those apology forms for Hamidou because I think myself included and a lot of people were were saying yeah he's done. Um, like Gabe said, not even two weeks ago. Um, but Hemi's quickly turned himself into a fan favorite. Um, easy to do when you play that hard and when you can dunk that cool. Um, but Casey really seems to be respecting him, almost turning to him as the first man off the bench just to instantly give us some energy. So I want to apologize to Hamadou Diallo, and therefore I, I put this at a light too. I remember last year when everyone was out and Bay and Hami went crazy for like a yeah. week or two? It's kind yeah. of the same thing happening right now. Exactly. When, when one plays well, the other one does too, and they just kind of like 
go crazy together. For exactly <laughs> one year. So yeah. Um, Can yeah. I just on on Hami real quick? It feels like he's trimmed a lot of fat in his game. Like he doesn't take the bad shots as much. I don't think. Like all the shots that he gets are like moving towards the hoop or off off an action where it's like he's getting layups. He's take like pretty much all his shots are layups. Or when he's really feeling it, like in that Minnesota game, he was hitting some middies. But he's just re- he's getting really good high percentage shots and he's converting on them. And if like regardless how you do that, like people say you need a jumper, you need this and that. If you get shots and you make the shots that you take, you, you'll be good. And he's been good. And one one thing you you said in the past is you see him like you could see him playing eight to ten minutes as a roller uh, on a pretty good team and that's pretty much what it's been recently with with how shorthanded we've been at the the big man position I think that suits Hamadou so well I mean not defensively like picking up he's been the five man I but he has been the five man for the second unit for a large portion of it and then that means he's he's rolling he's downhill he knows that his impact as a five man doesn't have to be in the perimeter it's it's all I can all I have to do is attack 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 and roll. And I, I, in a way, it's a perfect role for him. Um, obviously, when we're more full strength, I could see him just being, I don't know, maybe like an off the bench four kind of tech, technically by the rule books. I want him um, as, a, as our backup five behind Dern. But you play some minutes with Stewart. Stewart could defensively be the center and offensively be the four. And was, Tommy could be a perimeter defender and an offensive center. And I think that'd be a really cool way to use him. I was just gonna say one big man who could who could space the floor, um, just to allow Hamadou to do that. Maybe that's beef stew. Maybe it's Nerlens Noel the way he shoots that thing now. One hundred percent sniper. Uh, perfect segue. Nerlens Noel likeliness to be traded. I'm going up to. I'm gonna say three and a half. I wanted to say four. No halves, man. <laughs> no halves. All right, all right, all right. No halves. All right, four. Four. I agree. Agree Four. as well. Yeah. And and I just want to say, like, when we, I guess we say it a lot with the, the players we have, but he's been a really good pro. Like, he's not played this year and he's never once, like, voiced his complaints to Casey. He's never made, like, any, any type of public, public scene or anything. And then you see him get called upon for 20 minutes, you know, two, three games in a row. And he was excellent. Um, that game against Minnesota, he anchored our defense. And that's what he did just a few years ago for New York. Um, so maybe in a very small sample size, just proving to some teams he's still uh, worth something. So I'm going to go for as well. I, I was listening to the Pistons Talk podcast before we hopped on here, and they threw out an interesting take. The Golden State Warriors, who just let Nikola Vucevic drop like 43-44 on them last night, yesterday afternoon, uh, do they need a big man, and is Nerland Noel their guy? I think Nerlens act like you, you chuckling. I think Nerlens would be really good for that team because yeah, I agree. Uh, off, he doesn't give you much offensively, but he I've noticed he sets a pretty smart screen. He he'll screen like uh, when there's like a relocation of a guy, he'll screen um, just to get that like extra half second for the guy to move out. Um, he sets a lot, yeah, and that's obviously what you need in that warrior system is a lot of screening. Um, one question I have is, do you guys know why he doesn't dunk the basketball? It's like he'll go up, his left he'll, hand touch. He'll go up and under trying to do the most. <laughs> why? Is he, I know exactly the play you're, you're talking about. I don't know why he doesn't just like jam the ball. No, but all, all I know is I'm calling him no hands Noel because that man can't catch a ball for his life. Nope. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think a Warriors 
fit would be really nice. Um, I mean, they got Kavon Looney, who they got in there for what defense and rebounding. Like Noel can protect the rim. He can be a lob threat for Draymond if they can teach him how to catch a ball. And like you said, he can set screens left, right, and center, which in that Warriors system is pretty much their bread and butter. Um, yeah, so I'm sticking with a four. Um, I say five for being off the roster by Fed 15, whether that is a buyout or um, a trade. Agree or disagree? Uh, I think if we don't trade him, we keep him because we've seen, like, especially, especially recently, like our center depth when those guys go out, Marvin Bagley yeah, came fair enough. play the minutes and just, just to have him. I think if we do move him, that we make sure we get another player in return that can play that five spot. Um, just because, you know, Marvin Bagley's future maybe is a little uncertain, but obviously with the injuries, a little uncertain. Um, and we've seen the lack of depth. So I, I would expect that that Weaver knows he's got to get just a body in return um, to play that five spot, just in case. Valley, you are gifting me segues today. Uh, Marvin Bagley, likeliness to be traded will start with Valley. I, 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 Honestly, probably say one. Um, not, not, not that I would love to keep Marvin Bagley, but again, there's, there's no market for Marvin Bagley. Like, what team is saying, "Oh, maybe we'll take a flyer on him"? I don't think any team says that, and I don't think any contending team says, "Hey, this guy could take us over the top." Um, add that with the fact that he's constantly injured, can't play lick of defense, isn't a center, isn't a power forward. I don't know. Uh, I, I'll give it a one. I'm going zero. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's calling? Who's calling for Marvin Bagley? I want to know. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. yeah. Re- really quick on Nerland's Noel. He makes a decent amount of money, right? What's the, like, can a contending team like the Warriors just absorb his contract or are we going to need to get a player back for him? We'd have to take something back because that's $9 million for the Warriors. It's yeah. like $40 million at this point. And, I don't know who you are, but I wouldn't. If I was an owner, I wouldn't take on Nerlens for forty million dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the only like barrier. Like he's not good enough to be worth that much money. I think so. That's like the only hurdle that's between him and another juicy second round pick for us. <laughs> juicy, I like. I guess. Um, I mean, if they wanted to cut ties and get off of their all time bust, James Wiseman for the same amount of money. James hey. Wiseman's got years on that contract. Man. <laughs> I'm okay with that. that. Throwing a Moody or a Kaminga is where I was going to go with it. But, yeah, I'm okay with it, James is, Wiseman. Is Nerland's expiring? Uh, yes. I yeah, so. I think he's the expiring. Bricks is the option. Yeah. One, one thing with Nerland's as well. Sorry to take so long on this guy. But he also has, a, like, it seems to be have a reoccurring foot issue, which could very much uh, weigh some teams off, I think. That's why he missed um, – the game last time out yeah i think it's a plantar fasciitis and uh i mean that you can't just cure that that's going to be a reoccurring thing was that something he was dealing with last year too Uh, yeah it was last year i think it's what kept him out in the early part of this year as well Mm -hmm. because i would say like if it was for this team it could just also be like instead of just saying he had you know his (laughs) it's plantar fasciitis that's what it is on this (laughs) team We got to keep him for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can excuse not playing. Exactly. I mean, he's still only 29 years old. He's not terribly old. Um, we're giving good con- content here. I know everyone wants to talk about Nerlens Noel, but uh, we moved on from Bagley. A uh, little more interesting topic here. We'll jump into the more interesting ones now. Alec Burks. Uh, let's go with uh, Connie to start. 
I really, have y'all heard any rumblings? I'm going to go with a two. Uh, two, just because not from anything the Pistons are saying or doing, just because he seems like a player type that um, that is in demand. Like there, ha- I guess there has been some thought of the Warriors might want him, but I think that's more of a people thinking about it more than the Warriors doing it. Uh, a lot of teams want shooters, but I don't think we're going to move him. I'm going to go two. I'm going to go – you said full numbers. I'm going to go three because I'm stuck between two and three because I know teams want him. I don't think – I think he's more likely to stay than Boyan. So I'm going to say two for Burks, and that kind of gives away my Boyan pick. But I'm going to go two for Burks because he's, like, he's money off the bench. And, you know, we're – I think – the Pistons Talk podcast said we're like fourth in the NBA in bench points. And for a team that pretty much had a bench that was non-existent at the beginning part of the year, that's huge. Uh, so I'm going to uh, Valley. Uh, I'm actually at a zero right now. Um, reason being, uh, Mark Stein recently had a report that the Pistons have been telling teams that they plan to exercise Alec Burks' $10.5 million option because they like to pursue trade candidates so much. So I, Mark Stein is a very viable source. So, hey, and, and like you said, you can see the night and day difference between our bench with Alec Burks versus without. Uh, I think for $10 million, there's, there's not many guys in the NBA that can really provide what Alec Burks gives you. Um, fourth in the league currently a three-point percentage. For $10 million, 13 a game, any day of the week, I'm taking that. Uh, Gabe, really go with a three, just because I think he's the perfect like. If a team strikes out on their number one during trading, they're gonna go after like an Alec Burks type. A lot of teams that you know, like Portland, they had a hot start. Now they're what like tenth or eleventh again. I could like if they have a protected first and I don't know some young player, I could see that kind of return and like although that's not worth like in production what Alec Burks is I also don't think he's going to keep up this production when we actually need the production it's kind of like the Jeremy thing last year I'd rather cash in than you know get nothing for him or like pennies on the dollar in a year or two where you're coming from there I mean yeah, I mean, it, it happens, right? Players dip in performance all the time. Uh, we kind of touched on Bay, but uh, let, let, let's put a number on it. I'm going to say one for Sadiq Bay. Zero. Uh, okay. One. It's possible. All right. Uh, the, big, the big one, Bogey. Did the Pistons move Bogey? Uh, we'll start with Connie, then Gabe, then Valley, and I'll finish it off. Uh, I'll go with a three. Uh, I wouldn't say it's locked in. There's been that recent uh, report about the Lakers wanting both him and Noel. That would probably be for, you know, Lonnie Walker. Pat Bev would probably be in there for the for the matchup and one other guy. And then what we'd get from that. the pick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, just the three guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, that 2027 first round pick, which sounds like if the Pistons are going to do it, is going to be an unprotected first round pick from the Lakers, which I would be happy with because, you know, unprotected firsts. Unprotected firsts from a team, 
full of old guys. Um, so yeah, I'd say three. I think, I think he's our most valuable asset for sure. The team that would like, he's a first option for teams. Like when they're looking for guys that number, no, he's a number one on the list type of guy for this trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, Gabe. Yeah. I'm also at a three. Uh, I mean, there's been a bunch of reports that Weaver wants, like the price is too expensive for bogey. But then again, I think if it is a team, it's the Lakers. They're really desperate. And throwing in uh, Lonnie Walker, I like him. Since he's on the Spurs, he's, you know, he's not a great player, but he's kind of a Hamadou with a little bit of a shot. I think it would be fun. And if we do trade Burks, that's a great replacement right there. I like it. Valley? Yeah, I'm kind of between three and four. I'm going to say four just to say something a little different. Um, I don't know if it's the two, like, recent reports that have came out that are that are sending me that way. Apparently, we want at least just at least one first-round unprotected pick. Um, that report just came out today. Um, so, so I do think we move them, and I think Sadiq Bay playing well might lead us to trading Boyan Bogdanovich, um, kind of a similar thing with Jeremy Grant. But I, I do think we, we move Boyan Bogdanovich um, by the deadline. I'm going three. I was at a two before that report that Valley just mentioned came out, but uh, I'm at a three now. Uh, I, th- I think Troy was just playing hard to get. And I mean, say, like, say we don't trade him, and I don't think we're going to, but say we, we don't, you still have like this offseason, next trade deadline. You got two more years to move them. But like Gabe mentioned with Burks, right? Like, is Bogey going to be able to maintain this amount of production um, going forward? I don't know. Um, I don't think we're going to trade him. But again, I'm not on the other end of those receiving phone calls. So I don't know what we're getting offered. But if it's, if it's nothing that, seems appealing i'm perfectly fine hanging on to bogey uh any other notes on any of the guys we just talked about before we head on to the next topic nope yeah didn't think so all right uh again like i mentioned as a tanking team we really only look forward to uh one day in the off seat well two days really but one day first and that is the draft lottery and then eventually the nba draft so, say the Pistons on lotto night. Don't get 100% lucky. We don't draft uh, Vic. We don't get the one pick, but we end up with the two pick. Are you guys opposed to drafting Scoot Henderson? Me, personally, I am not. I do not think that having Ivy, Caden, Killian should deter from taking the best player available. But some people out there have differing opinions. So we'll start with uh, Valley. What is your opinion on drafting Scoot Henderson in the upcoming draft? Yeah, a uh, common thing we talk about is just acquiring talent. And Scoot Henderson is an immense talent. Any other draft, he's going number one. So you don't hesitate. We're not in a position to, to be concerned about positions. You know, we're trying to get as much talent as possible. Um, Scoot Henderson is incredibly talented. I don't think you think twice about it. You bring in Scoot Henderson if you have the opportunity to. 100%. Gabe? Yeah, easily. Uh, he doesn't like anything. Like He's a mix between Ivy and Killian. He does it both better, everything that they do. So, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a generational player, point guard like Chris Paul type. I would... Uh, 
starting to, to, to debate taking him number one, but uh, I'll I'll keep that for draft night. Whoa! Oh, oh shoot! Okay, I mean, in that case, I'm perfectly fine getting the two pick. <laughs> um, Tony, your thoughts? Uh, well, you know, from what we've seen, from what he does, it, it like really all signs point to him being like a really great, great NBA player, but. The people in our front office and our scouts are going to see a lot more of these guys than we do and are going to have like insights that we don't have. Um, I would, I mean, obviously I wouldn't say that our, I wouldn't put our roster construction ahead of drafting him. Like we're a bad team draft the best player available, but, but if, if, if big, if the front office and the scouts believe like maybe that he's not the best player available and there is a, uh, there's other guys in the draft that they like that two pick becomes like an extremely valuable trade asset. Like the Celtics did with uh, Markel Fultz and Jason Tatum. They traded down a couple spots. They got another draft pick out of it and they got the guy they wanted. Um, if we say like, we don't get Wemby, if Scoot is somehow not the number two guy on the board for the Pistons, like a, a trade down to get maybe another first, another first in the same draft, uh, another first next year or whatever else. Um, I wouldn't, you know, that's a, that, that, that's an open possibility. I think that's something that could happen. Yeah, I, I think you're right. <laughs> I think there's something that can happen. Um, I, I, I'm not a big fan of that at this point in the rebuild. Um, unless, obviously, like you don't get the one or two pick, then I'm okay trading down. Um, like, for example, what about say, trading up. I, I don't think that's going to be a possibility. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I'd like to. I mean, I'd throw the bag. I, I I mean, say we keep Bogey. I'll trade Bricks, Bogey, Noel, whatever pick we got. We can't trade Noel, but you get what I'm saying. I'll trade whatever to get Vic. Almost. What whatever. about Ivy and three for number two, for instance? Mm. To get Scoot, because like I don't know. For me, that, that, Ivy will that, be redundant. That's yeah. a good question. I feel like it's redundant, but like you said, Scoot is number. two probably number two for a reason and there's a reason ivy was five right like you know yeah yeah he's number two in what seems like a much harder place oh it's a deep class uh all right any other notes on that before we move on to uh our usual game recap for the week no all right uh let's keep moving the piston played four games this week uh we had a really ugly start to the week against Philadelphia. Um, we somehow managed to defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves without our two big men, but Nerland Zoel, as we mentioned, stepped up. Then we took back-to-back L's against the Pelicans and the Knicks. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the week? Anything that stood out to you? Uh, we'll start with uh, Gabe. Uh, I think the two biggest things is Sadiq Bainey and Hamadou Diallo. Bay of the last week averaging almost 23-7, shooting 38% from three. It's, you know, he's been struggling this year, and it's just great to see him hit, like, five threes a game, four threes a game. It's just amazing to see. And then the small ball five re- revelation for uh, Hamadou. He even matched up against Gobert for a little bit. And, uh, held his own so I think we had two good games the Pelican Pelicans game and the Wolves game the rest you know they weren't really <laughs> worth watching but uh 
just another week in Pistons basketball. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think Sadiq Bay's defense is getting a little bit better too. He's becoming a little more physical. I felt like that's kind of started a little bit in the Orlando game against Bancaro and it's kind of slowly progressed to a point where he's becoming passable and I'm, I'm really liking it. And uh, I think his physicality plays well against guys down low, obviously. And I think Gobert felt that a little bit and was part of the reason we were so successful in that game. Uh, Connie, uh, your thoughts on the week? Uh, no, yeah, pretty much similar as Gabe. This was this was the week of uh, of Sadiq and Hami, who who do seem really close, seem to like each other. Uh, so that's cool. We were missing a lot of guys for a lot of this week. These games were sort of ugly to watch. Sometimes we got Stu back near the end. Didn't really look like himself fully, but. No, he's had them for a while. He's not shooting as much anymore. Like, he had that wide-open three late last night or yesterday afternoon, and he just passed it up. I guess, I mean, he's dealing with the shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. The jumper. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I kind of feel like, I feel like a pretty midweek for everybody, you know? Just the, yeah. everybody's kind of doing what they, what they do. We got Livers back. I like yep. that. We I was going to bring it up. He had, a, yeah. he had one, I think his best game was against – the Knicks, where he hit multiple three pointers, which is you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just the... oh, yeah. <laughs> his defense was certainly missed. I, I forget which game it was, but he defended some drives really well, and I really appreciate his uh enthusiasm on the defensive end. Uh, Valley, your thoughts on the week? Yeah, I wanted to to, to talk about Jaden Ivy for a second because for me. I thought he looked like a much more complete three-level scorer this last week and a lot more under control, um, specifically against Minnesota for me. He seemed to be so at his own pace. Um, he shot the ball very well that game, um, but he seems to be, I don't know, just maturing a little bit, um, which is stuff you, you're encouraged to see. You're encouraged by by seeing a little bit less turnovers, a few smarter shots. Um, but against Minnesota specifically, he shot it really well, um, didn't shy away from the three ball and was just still – so aggressive and I think he ended up playing over 40 minutes that game um which obviously obviously means you're doing some things right but um he and Killian I think together have been have been have been better this week um as a whole in terms of efficiency and all those factors those two guys seem to be figuring out a little bit more how to play play with each other there's that and they trapped McCollum late in that Pelican game yeah a couple times Um, I think last game was him was was it Jaden and Sadiq or Kaylin and Sadiq or something? They did a similar trap um, that, that led to a turnover. Yeah, I, I'm really like what I'm seeing from Ivy. The, the play yesterday, my favorite play from him yesterday was, uh, I forget when it was, but he uh, spun uh, backwards over a screen, then locked his guy in jail, then drew the foul and converted the end one. You guys know what I'm talking about? Kind of. <laughs> no, Specifically, right. off the top of my head, no. All right, yeah, but that was my favorite play from him yesterday. I felt like, you know, he, he's slowly learning to do things, um, and I, I think he needs to slow down still a little bit, but, you know, obviously that's something he's going to have to learn to do as he matures in this league, But because I feel like he's missed uh, – he misses at least one easy layup a game because he's going too fast. Yeah. Um, all right, so any other thoughts on the week before we look up to this uh, – jam-packed game week of games this week i just hope to see Duran back i don't know what's his injury exactly ankle that's all i got <laughs> but he he didn't like turn it or nothing right like i didn't see it. yeah I, it a bit of a weird one yeah 
must have been in practice or something. That's the only thing I can think of. I didn't see anything in a game. Um, well, he's going to do more time before the next one. If we're not doing anything. You should be able to. Exactly. Another perfect segue into this jam week full of games. Uh, the Pistons play one game this week, and they're in Paris to take on the Bulls on Thursday. Uh, if you're listening to this, make sure that you tune into the game because it's not at 7. It's at 3 o'clock Eastern. Um, do the Pistons go 1-0 and or 0-1 this week? Uh, I'm going 0-1, unfortunately. Um, I-, I want I want the guys to show out um, overseas, but I don't know. I, 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 I'm okay losing this one as long as it's not a laugher. I, I think it would suck that we flew all that way. We get a little bit of, you know, the attention. I think Vic Wimbanyama is going to be in attendance. I just don't want it to be, you know, built up just to be a laugher. But I'm going 0-1 this week. Hopefully it's a close loss. Uh, Valley, your prediction for the week? Uh, give me one and oh. Didn't know Victor was in tennis. Now, now I'm very confident about it. Um, I, I don't know. Better. I don't know. Just, just feeling some good vibes with the team right now. We're playing small right basketball, and I think we'll we'll want to go put out a show. And <clears throat> number seven will want to go put out a show for, for the French fans. So I'll say one and oh. And French faithful. I like it. Uh, Gabe. Yeah, I also think one we'll, 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 and oh. Big game from Killian. You yeah, know. He gets to chat and with uh, Victor a little bit. Maybe Adam Silver overhears some. And uh, that's the start of him as a piston. That, so. that, that's all I'm hoping for. Yeah, hope it's not another Killian performance like he had against the Knicks. That was awful. Uh, Connie? Uh, yeah, give me a one and a two. I got the, the Bulls are pretty bad against, or they kind of drop games against teams, bad teams this year. Uh, they've dropped a couple. Uh, I mean, they probably will show up for this one because it's in Paris. They got a couple of days off, so it might not go too well. But if we got Duran back, uh, Killian Hayes career high, I'll make that call right there. I think he gets 30. Ooh. And we see a 30-point Killian Hayes game. I was about to ask, what like, are you guys are you guys predicting something extraordinary from him back in France? Anything obscure? Obviously, Connie is. Game winner, and then he – Daps up Vic. He started screaming. In fr- oh man, I was going to enter the pod by saying bonjour. Bonjour. Alright. Um, yeah, I'm still sticking with my one and all. I, I mean, I'd love to see any of those things that you guys have mentioned. Um, I'm all for the excitement, but um, I'll be happy if I see it, but I'm still going uh Going one for the week, Connie. Do you have your hater of the week, or has nothing spoken to you? Um, no, I don't really hate. Last week, uh, you put me on the spot. I said Kill should score some points when it matters, and I think he did. He had that good. He had a good game against the Timberwolves, where he really put it in when it really mattered, and when we built the lead in the third quarter, a lot off of him. But uh, this year, I mean, this week, sorry, <laughs> hater. I'm no, I'm hating on nobody, man. And the nobody for the French trip. I like it. I like it. Uh, actually, hater of the week, Killian Hayes. Man, this guy can't score 30. Ah, <laughs> all right, yeah. I, I not have it in him. Um, <laughs> speaking of Killian Hayes, where do you rank his dunk on Gobert? Not even on, but like <laughs> around Gobert. You mean all over Gobert? <laughs> <laughs> 
through <laughs> that's how I saw it. <laughs> um, I, I think over on the season, ranking it dunks wise, I'm ranking it, I'd say fourth. Dunk, no way. Jalen Durant's <laughs> got 10 dunks better than that this season. He dunked it near Gobert. Like, Gobert was never contesting that shit, man. He didn't touch him I, in any way. I'm you putting it like the, the way it got the team and the crowd into it as well. Uh, that's sort of factored into it for me. Not necessarily <laughs> that it was on Where do you put Hamadou's giant windmill from, uh, from that game or this week? Mm. <laughs> kind of hard to make a list. It is. But, uh, actually, you know what? I'm dropping it. I'm dropping it. I, I'm thinking of other dunks now. I'm dropping it to like six or seven. I'll, I'll, I'll give it number three for this week alone off the top of my head because there's one one specific play. I, I, I'd, I'd be hurt if we didn't touch on it. That backdoor lob off the inbounds to Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart. That was awesome, man. We've ran that a couple times for Hammy and once for Duran, but I've never seen Stewart uh, be on the receiving end of it. Yeah, I think the threat of the three pointer, uh, like it opened up the lane for the back cut. That wouldn't have worked last year. Never. Um, and just a pinpoint because like Stu doesn't have the biggest lob uh, area that you could throw to. Duran's got a much bigger <laughs> lob area, but that was a pinpoint pass by by Hayes. Timing, accuracy was it was a, it was a great pass. That was a great pass. Uh, any other things you guys want to touch on before? How do you say goodbye in Paris in French? Au revoir. Au revoir. Before we say au revoir. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. Well, thank you, Pistons fans, for tuning into this episode of the pod. The Pistons are in Paris. So make sure you tune in on Thursday at 3 to watch Killian Hayes drop a 30-piece. But until then, au revoir, and throw the buffs on Detroit. The future is bright. Yay! <laughs>